Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. Um, we've been uh, chugging our way through Isaiah for the last couple of years, and we're up to Isaiah chapter 54 today. Um, Isaiah is a book of, uh, book of anticipation. It's a, you know, it's a divine revelation to the nation. The name Isaiah means the Lord saves, and Isaiah is a book um, building this picture of our great Savior God who wants to speak to the world through a nation and has a plan to save us. It's a book with lots and lots of anticipation, despite the rebellion of the people, despite all the, the woes and judgments, that God has a plan. God is the one with a plan. And in Isaiah 53, last week, that plan comes into sharp focus, doesn't it? We get the clearest prophetic revelation of just how God is going to work out his plan in the Old Testament. Um, we read words, beautiful words like this. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We're all like sheep. We've gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And what's his name? Jesus. 600 odd years later that amazing prophetic word was fulfilled and uh, and the the anticipation in Isaiah suddenly becomes expectation, celebration, invitation. It all changes gear suddenly because of Isaiah 53, because of the cross, because of the resurrection, everything changes. And this is where we now live. Are you glad you live the other side of the cross? Turn to your neighbor just for a moment and, and think about... As a result of the cross, as a result of Isaiah 53 really happening, um, what's the richest word in the Bible? What's the greatest blessing that's come to your life? Just turn to your person next to you and just think about that. What's the richest word? Do you think in the Bible? Maybe I'll get it wrong, but I'll tell you what mine is in a moment, based on Isaiah 54. Okay, let's have a few ideas. Shout them out. Grace. That's a beautiful word, isn't it? Anybody else say grace? Yeah. Have we going to have any more words? Freedom. Salvation. Redemption. Any more words? Forgiveness. Hope. Any more words? The richest word, peace. Peace. Ah. Nearly. Actually, the word I've got, from Isaiah 54, the richest word in the Bible is actually not peace. It's better than peace. It's the Christian peace. What's the word? Shalom. That beautiful gospel word that is only ours. It's only the believers. It's only the saved. See, shalom is better than peace. It's, it's peace that passes understanding. It's peace that the world can't give. It's, it's something so indescribably beautiful that with it, 
We are unbelievably rich. Without it, we are unbelievably poor. It's the peace of God that's, that's ours because he was crushed for our iniquities. It's our promise because the cross really happened that we can receive the incredible shalom of God. It's, it's something that the world can never know. No amount of fame, no amount of success, no amount of worldly pleasure can bring you shalom. I mean, look at the people who've got it all. Do you, do you want to be like Justin Bieber, anybody in this room? Do you want to be like Britney Spears, girls? Do you really want to be like that, do you? Well, if you do, you're mad. Do you want to be like Zane from One Direction, do you? Well, I don't. You know, he may be better looking than me. He may have a whole lot more money than me. He may have a whole lot more girls chasing after him. But he's not got shalom, has he? Just look at his life. Look at the chaos of the people who have so much. Seem to have so much. You know why? Because they're chasing after peace that this world brings. And it never brings peace. And it certainly can never bring shalom. This amazing gospel word. This centeredness. This contentment. This complete wholeness. And well-being, that's what we're meant to be walking in, through thick and thin. The full enjoyment of God that comes through the cross and the resurrection. Through being a forgiven person when access to God is available. I mean, I'm going to experience the full measure of that one day. What a beautiful day that will be. Are you coming with me? I'm going to be there, the full measure of shalom. But actually, today, I'm meant to experience my fair share of it. And I'm meant to experience it in increasing measure. Just the shalom of God that changes everything. This sense of rightness, peace with God. I'm with God, he's with me, and we enjoy each other. We're in relationship with each other. And who can touch a man or woman who truly... That is their experience. I want to be a shalomi person. I love shalomi people. You know what I mean, don't you? I read this today in, uh, in Word for Today. As followers of Christ, we're called to carry with us the aroma of the knowledge of him. Forget Estee Lauder and Chanel number no. 5. Your life should be so permeated with God's presence The people around you sense it. After all, you're the most compelling evidence that Jesus is alive and well and in his children. We need to just reek of the shalom of God. Oh, God, let that be. Through it all. And uh, Isaiah 54 comes after Isaiah 53. It's like at the start of Isaiah 54, the floodgates of God's blessing are open. It's like a river flows from the picture of the cross and the resurrection. And I like Emily reading the scriptures, don't you? I like listening to her much more than listening to me. So Emily's just going to read Isaiah 54. I won't do this every week, honestly, but today. (laughs) Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth... Break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. 
for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, there is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of your widowhood. For your creator will be your husband, the Lord of heaven's armies in his name. He is your redeemer, the holy one of Israel, the God of all earth. For the Lord has called you back from your grief as though you were a young wife abandoned by her husband, says your God. For a brief moment, I abandoned you. But with great compassion, I will take you back. In a burst of anger, I turned my face for a little while, but with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Just as I swore in the time of Noah that I would never again let a flood cover the earth, so now I swear that I will never again be angry and punish you. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear. But even then, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you with precious jewels and make your foundations from lapis lazuli. I will make your towers of sparkling rubies, your gates of shining gems, and your walls of precious stones. I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. You will be secure under a government that is just and fair. Your enemies will stay far away. You will live in peace and terror will not come near. If any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in the coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. And the amazing scriptures, beautiful, aren't they? A beautiful picture of a people right with God, of all the curses and all the rejection and all the wrath gone, and suddenly we're in this relationship. Get this, a relationship, verse 10, a covenant of peace. The Lord, oh, sorry. My unfailing love for you will not be shaken. My covenant of peace will not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. I hope you're drinking these words in, because they're not just for you when you're saved. This is why it's such a beautiful thing. They're for your kids. Listen to verse 13. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Great will be their shalom. There's this beautiful thing. Oh, it's great to stand under the blessing of God. But what about your generations? What about looking, bringing up kids in the Lord? Yes, physical kids, but spiritual kids. What about this thing of a generation being brought up in the Lord, walking in the peace and the blessing and the favor of God? What a thing that we spill out. Wherever we go, if we're truly shalomi people, if we truly have the fragrance of Christ, if we truly walk in the blessing that is ours, 
Is it any wonder Isaiah 54 begins and ends with singing? Some of us come into this place of singing on a Tuesday morning and we don't give it our best. But some of us come in with such gratitude and such joy that we touch the heart of God. And I think this, this Isaiah 54, these scriptures, just touch the heart of God. Just a man who's overwhelmed with joyful singing. Actually with a, a wedding song. Here it is, he says, the Lord is your husband. How about that? You know, we often think of the Lord as our father, don't we? If we can get really intimate, we think of the Lord as our friend. Jesus said, I'm no longer calling you servants, I'm calling you friends. What an amazing thing. But here Isaiah says twice in these scriptures, the Lord's your husband. Now, that could feel a bit weird as a man. But, uh, but actually what the Lord is saying is the most intimate relationship, the closest relationship possible, where everything is shared, where everything is laid bare. That's the relationship. And uh, some of you ladies feel single. You're not single. The Lord is your husband. He has compassion towards you. And we can have that, people. That incredible intimate relationship with the living God. Do you ever walk out in a starry night and uh, think, wow, when I was in South Africa, we stayed in this um, isolated place and uh, at night there's no, um, what's it called? No light pollution. So you go out and it is truly breathtaking. And that's just a tiny, tiny bit of God's creation. This vast, vast universe. He's the one who's saying, I'm your husband. I want to come that close. I want to be intimate and pour my love on you. Best husbands have, yes, love and respect, but also deep compassion towards the wives, don't they? And this is our Lord, the perfect picture of a compassionate husband. I'll bring you back with deep compassion. Our story is that we were barren and now we're fruitful. Humans need never be far from him again. It's not God's heart that the young people in Manchester die and they're separate from God, is it? That's not God's heart. He went through the cross. And I love the way Ezekiel speaks of this. And we need to say this is what should be driving us. Because our husband, the Lord, the one who's so close to us, the one who has deep compassion, the one who died for us, and is alive again. This is his heart. Ezekiel 18, 32. You got that, Gary? I take no pleasure in the death of every, anyone, declares the Lord. Repent and live. Is that the message of hire? Is that the message of the message? The Lord wants no one to die. doesn't want anybody to be lost. The Lord's heart is to save everyone. He died for everyone. Even stronger, get this, Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Say to them, 1224, say to them, square one, say to them, vital signs, say to them, in your face, say to them, message, say to them, people of God, say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn. That's us, isn't it? That's our message. That was the baton that was, that was passed on with the Great Commission. 
God doesn't want anyone to die and go to hell. He wants everyone to be saved. But he passes this baton on, say to them, message. Because if we don't say to them, nobody else is going to. But actually, say to them, you can know the peace of God. You can know the shalom of God. Why would you chase anything else? He's our compassionate, gracious, kind God who will go to any length to see that we don't get what we deserve. Isn't that right? We deserve rejection. We deserve to be barren and fruitless. God chooses and says, come close. Come intimate. Get centered. Get real. Live right. Enjoy all the benefits of being a child of God. How rich are we people? Sometimes, don't we just, you know, you think we just go through our lives snuffling around, thinking small and living small. I know I do when, when I've got so much in Jesus. I'm accepted. I'm not even just his kid. I'm, I'm clo- even closer than that. The most intimate, precious relationship through his deep compassion. Wow. And that's why higher is so important. Repent, people. Live in the shalom of God, not just now, but forever. The full measure of it. That's what we're offering people. That's what we're inviting people. When we say, come and join us. Not just come and join our businesses. Come and enter into the greater measure every day. One degree of glory into this beautiful centeredness and completeness that's in Christ. And when you see people who are walking in it, what a beautiful smell that they carry around with them. Oh, God, help us to be more of those kind of people. Help us to shout it from the rooftops. I got a funny, and I just want to play this because, um, not because this was some great preacher or anything, because it's just a picture of, um, of a ministry that's going to shout this message of salvation in every corner. I got this funny Facebook message from some guy I don't even know. And um, he said, I was working out in a martial arts gym in Withenshaw. And, and Craig will tell you, they don't come much harder than martial arts gyms in Withenshaw. You know, these are the toughest lads. These are the hardest lads who punish themselves. And, and lots of them are on steroids and they're pushing, pushing, pushing. And he's, he's, um, he's working out in this martial arts gym in Withenshaw with all these big, hard lads. And, but he's a Christian who's come to Christ. And he's working out. And he's thinking, hey, you know what? This music sounds like Christian music. And he's loving it. He's thinking, wow, this is amazing. And then, then he's working out right. And I mean, they'll really torture themselves, these martial arts guys. It's a whole different level. And he's working out. And then this happens in the gym. And the presence of the Lord was there. So this happens. Over the PA system, blasting out in this martial arts gym. We are an organization that is bold and unashamed and we, we speak out the name of Christ confidently. But that stirs something up, doesn't it? Don't you think in our culture, and I think in my lifetime, there's been a, a seismic shift in this area where there's been a militant lobby trying to take Christianity out of the center of our, of our public life. But what a dangerous, dangerous thing that is to do. Every belief's okay, every belief's valid, no matter how wacky, as long as you don't say yours is the truth.
When the foundations are being destroyed, because this is what we're talking about here, the foundations of our society, the best of our society, is built on this precious book and on the Christian faith. We build it on that foundation, we build a strong building, a strong building, a successful society where family life thrives and the poor are blessed and nations exalted, which we've experienced down our nation's history when we've kept Christ at the center. When we move away, things start shaking and people can't understand why things are shaking. They realize is the foundations are being destroyed and their voice can seem so loud and there's a tendency to accommodate but and Christians are doing it everywhere and losing their authority we will not do that on my watch that's how I feel not me us on, on our watch we're not going to take Jesus out of this thing you want to partner with us in the prisons you better know that Jesus Christ is our motivation our faith in him is our engine you want to partner with us in the schools we're not going to hide our faith this is the only thing that makes it work. It's right, isn't it? You know, please, we are Jesus Christ followers. We're not going to change our message for this situation and that situation. So any platform we get, we're going to lift high Jesus and see what happens. That's us. And if that's you, stick with us. Journey with us through thick and thin. Let's put that on a stand. What about it? It's why hire is so important. It's why we need people passionate. Why I really want you at this breakfast tomorrow. You've hopefully had the email. You hopefully come. You'll get up a bit early and so we can share in this together. I want this to be all our adventure. I want everybody selling tickets. I want everybody praying. I want everybody shouting loud and inviting the friends and to be part of them, the church leaders to be part of this adventure. We've got the opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime to do that, to stick it on a stand. And we'll find out it gets into all sorts of strange places where you never could imagine. Multiplication starts to take place. God's glorified. Are you up for it? Let's do it, people. Let's be those people in the face, yes, of course there's opposition, there's a battle going on. But in the midst of that, we're meant to be people who just carry this sense that God's for us and who can be against us. And this week of all weeks, we know that's true, don't we? So I'd love us to stand and pray, pray particularly for higher. This Easter week, that the message of the cross and the resurrection can be known in every corner of this nation, every young person. On our watch, not one young person. You know, I heard uh, this last week that in the Second World War, right, seven times the king, King George, and the government called a day of prayer. Four times in the first year of that war, they called on a national day of prayer for the nation to cry out to God. Look what happened. God answered our prayers. But can you imagine that happening now? Could you Im- and this has happened in our generation. It's not, it's not the nasty world's fault. It's our fault. We've allowed it, the Christian faith to be moved away from the center of our nation. Well, we're going to do everything we can to bring it back to the center, aren't we? So a nation's blessed. A nation's exalted. And most important of all, Jesus is exalted. Can we even pray for that God through higher? Will you do more? Will you open doors of opportunity into hundreds of schools and great arenas and a a multiplication of evangelists and just Jesus being known and disciples everywhere. Can you believe for that? 
in our day, a turning of the tide. I want to see it. But it's going to be birthed in prayer, fueled in prayer, and run through passionate people who get it and say, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than the message right now, running with this vision. So let's do that in threes and fours. Go for it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Thank you that you're big enough to save every person. You've saved us. You can save anyone. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you today. Thank you this Easter week for the cross. You went through that for us. Oh, Lord, everyone must know and understand just your, of your great love, that you did what was necessary. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're alive. Be alive in us, Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Amen. Amen. So, amen. So, please... Do come tomorrow. And is Ben here? So maybe Tom. Maybe Tom will hang around at the end. Is that right, Tom? A few minutes. Uh, over here. And if you want to go to this breakfast tomorrow, I really hope you want to go. I hope you'll cancel something. Get up early to be here. So we'll have 100 leaders in here from our south, higher south breakfast. I really want you here. I mean, Emma said, um, Emma, it was Emma Kay that made me think, actually, I want everybody. She said, I suddenly got it. You know, when I heard it presented, particularly when you hear Ben and Tom talk about how we're looking to produce disciples, not just decisions, and the process we're journeying with the church. You know, Emma said, I suddenly got it. I suddenly caught it last week. So please plan to be here. But because we're doing breakfast for you, if you come, you just need to tell Tom you're coming. You need to be here at 8 o'clock tomorrow in here uh, for that. And welcoming leaders, praying with leaders you know, everything we do is in partnership with a church in Manchester. So it's absolutely critical that this goes well. So please plan to be there. If you're going to be there, you need to tell Tom today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams. 